0: Welcome to Beltway Talk, the podcast of the American International Automobile Dealers Association, where we examine the intersection between Washington and the auto retail industry. I'm your host, Hannah Oliver. Today's podcast is brought to you by AutoAlert, revolutionary software solutions for the automotive industry. Find out more at AIADA.org. On today's episode, I'm joined by Joanna Faust, who is the Vice President of Government Affairs at North American Subaru, She's based in Washington, D.C., and is here to talk about her work on behalf of our industry and the nation's capital, as well as the road ahead for Subaru dealers as our industry navigates COVID-19. Welcome to Beltway Talk, Joanna. Great. Great to be here. Can you um, first introduce yourself to Beltway Talk listeners and tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do for Subaru in the D.C. area? Great. No, thanks. Uh, thanks again for having me. Um, my name
1: is Joanna Faust. Um the Vice President for Government Affairs at North American Subaru in the Washington DC office. Um, a little bit about me, um, then we can talk about what I'm doing, uh, for North American Subaru. A little thing about me is um I'm from Michigan, so I'm a native Michigander and you know, growing up I, I knew how important the auto industry was to the state, but you know, I didn't really have a plan in mind at the time to, to have a career in the industry. Uh, it was in college, really, that I became involved in politics and got my first job working on Capitol Hill. And then mm-hmm. after about 10 years working in the government, I transitioned over the private sector and began my career in the automotive sector at Daimler North America's Washington office. And it's been about a year now ago that I had this fantastic opportunity to join
0: North American Subaru in Washington and lead its government affairs office. sounds like you have a lot of experience um, working in the auto industry here in D.C. Do you have a favorite part of that? And are there any highlights that you'd like to share with Beltway Talk listeners? Sure. I I will have to say my favorite part about working in the auto industry here in
1: Washington, D.C. is really the people. You know, you kind of hear that and it might sound like it's, um, you know, cliche, but Really is it's a it's a close knit group of people who do respect each other and are really passionate about the industry. Um, the auto industry is obviously a competitive industry, but we have a great collegiality and there's great friendships amongst the the companies and the people in Washington D.C. And I think that really is my favorite part about working uh, in the industry uh, here in
0: Washington. It's a small town, um, so we we know each other pretty well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can definitely. Um, understand how that is the case. Um, can you just tell us a little bit about what your job entails in the day-to-day? And I'm sure that yeah. has changed, obviously, in the last couple of months, but kind of give us an idea of what you do on a daily basis.
1: Sure. And there's really four, I would say, primary missions of my job at Subaru and my role. First responsibility is helping the company navigate through what can be pretty choppy waters when it comes to government policy. And to do that, you really have to build and strengthen your relationships with lawmakers and their staff. Third is educating those policymakers about your company, its people, its mission and values. I find it's a lot of education. It's almost you know they, they say a lobbyist, but a lobbyist really is an educator, uh, and that's one of the roles of this job. Uh, and while a lot of the job is interacting with the lawmakers and their staff. Another part of the job really requires me to translate what's happening to Washington and the state capitals back to the company with really an assessment of its impact and, and why it matters, uh, managing expectations. So, you know, a lot of it is educating, uh, analyzing, developing. Um, some of these public policies that are important to the company.
0: hmm Um have there been major changes to your job and what you're dealing with since COVID-19 started? Yes, uh, no doubt about it. I think for everybody, there's been a lot
1: of significant change since the COVID-19 pandemic has forced many of us to to stay at home. Um, and it's, you know, seemingly obvious, but what this has shown us, in my view, is working from home is possible and really forced us to adapt to doing business differently. Now, in my case, cutting out the long commute has really given me more productive hours in the day so um I'm actually working more uh productively um than maybe prior uh just mm-hmm. given the long drive times uh here in the city and you know really now, instead of in person meetings, we're relying on tools like you know Skype and Microsoft teams and other platforms to meet virtually, seeing each other and connecting that way and you know it was interesting, I think at first. It was a lot of talking over each other, but now mm-hmm. that we've all sort of gotten the hang of this, it seems like more people are getting the hang of it and really reading each other, just as we would read each other in person. So I, I think that's a that's a significant to, to change in the in the workday um, since we've been forced to to stay at home.
0: Yeah, and I think um, so many of us can definitely identify with those kind of changes that have happened. Um sure, you know, in the middle of all of this. Um in terms of the industry, I know that so much has really changed um in the last just in the past two to three months. Um can you sh- share about some of the changes that you're seeing in terms of Subaru's main concerns looking ahead through the rest of 2020?
1: Yeah.
0: Now, no doubt this
1: pandemic has shifted our thinking. And but we're still really focused on how we can grow investment, how we create jobs, and really care for the communities in which we live and work. Uh, for example, Subaru's Love Promise campaign has been really a fixture of our company and its commitment to building trusting relationships with our retailers, our customers, and our communities. And now in the midst of COVID-19, seeing the health and economic toll, the company really asked ourselves how we can go above and beyond, really realizing too many people in America are struggling with hunger uh, together with our retailer partners, Subaru of America is donating 50 million meals to Feeding America.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Also though, I mean, with COVID, it's grounded auto production, closed retailers, and it's certainly dampened consumer demand. And that was something no one could have predicted. And so what we've done in Washington together with our association is advocate for policies that are aiming to get liquidity in the markets, to align federal guidance with states and our North American trading partners to ensure there's consistency for a safe and effective restart of the industry. In terms of what lies ahead, I think the next couple of months will really be instructive and help get us better data and a clearer sense of what policies are further needed.
0: Mm-hmm. Um. I think that's very helpful. And I just in terms of moving to the next question, I know that Subaru logged an operating profit in the most recent quarter that it reported, um, according to recent news reports. But I know that your company is reporting that it expects to see more impact in terms of operating profit moving forward. Um, Do you have any thoughts on what this means for Subaru dealers?
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, Subaru is was writing 11 straight years of sales records in the United States. You know, we really came into the year in a strong position with with clear goals in mind. And this pandemic threw us a curveball and really requires us to adjust our expectations. Um, Our production plant in in Indiana has begun to ramp up operations and Mm -hmm. we're seeing more states and retailers start to open. So uh, hopefully we're seeing the beginning signs of a recovery. I think what this pandemic has really shown us is how creative and how well our retailers are adapting to these challenging market situations. You know, Subaru retailers are using online tools to reach out and respond to customers, doing things like contactless pickup and delivery vehicles and, and other ways of helping customers safely
0: purchase or, or service their vehicles. Mm-hmm. Um and I just want to take a minute to talk to you about the, you know, since you do work in Washington DC mm-hmm. from a policy and legislative standpoint, what are Subaru's main priorities through the rest of this year?
1: Right. As we look to the rest of of 2020, our you know, our main priorities will continue to focus on how we're going to promote economic growth and job creation and really advocating for those policies that's going to help advance vehicle safety, technology and environmental goals you know, advocating for free trade policies that mm-hmm. help encourage investment is, is a top priority for us. You know, as we see more economic data come out over the next few months, uh, we'll want to use that data really to gauge together with our trade association what may be needed to bolster consumer demand. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: and finally, um what do you want Subaru dealers to know about what your company is doing right now? I know this is an incredibly challenging time for everybody, um, but how can they be involved as our industry works to recover and move ahead?
1: Yeah. Well, retailers are our partners. And together, you know, we really do have a great brand with a deep and loyal customer base. To that end, our you know, our team in Washington is working to help ensure there's clear federal guidance in place to help retailers safely reopen for business. We're going to continue to advocate for policies that help the retailers and our suppliers access that needed liquidity, and really work towards measures that again help improve consumer confidence and demand. And in terms of you know, how retailers can be involved, as as we work to recover and move ahead, I have to you know tell you, AIADA is a great partner in all of that, and it's a terrific advocacy uh, uh, group for the international dealer community and. You know, as our industry really does work to recover and move ahead, I'm hopeful the retailers will get involved and stay informed through the resources you all at AIADA provides its members.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, well, I want to thank you for joining us today. Um, before we wrap up, is there anything you want to add for Beltway Talk listeners?
1: Well, I just want to say thanks again to AIADA for inviting me to participate in this podcast. Uh I've had the pleasure of working with many of the folks at the organization and certainly know firsthand how informed and effective the group is here in Washington. So I look forward to continuing with you, uh, particularly on matters involving trade policy in really the months and, and years ahead. So I just want to say thank you again, Hannah, for the opportunity. And it's been a real pleasure. look
0: forward to working with you. That concludes this episode of Beltway Talk. As always, thank you for taking the time to listen in. If you're a dealer, make sure to check out our COVID-19 resources on our website, including our AutoTalk webinar series at AIADA.org slash coronavirus. Join us again next time for Beltway Talk.